This is the Wife Wisdom Podcast with Christy Little-Jones of MrsChristyJones.com, episode number 51. In today's episode, I am talking to my ladies who really find themselves guilty of nagging their boyfriends or their husband to be what she wants him to be or do what she wants him to do because of course you have a better way to do it. Up next on the Wife Wisdom Podcast. Welcome to the Wife Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Little-Jones. I'm a relationship coach, a marriage and family champion, and the chief cheerleader for women all over the world. The Wife Wisdom Podcast is a real conversation designed to help you cultivate the heart of a wife. If you are single and desire to be married, if you are newly married and want to thrive as a wife, or if you are a seasoned wife and just need a little encouragement staying a wife, you are in the right place. If you are new to our podcast, woohoo! Welcome to the family. I am thrilled that you are here. And if you are already a part of my tribe and you don't already know, I love and appreciate you. In today's episode, I am sharing five lessons that I have learned that may help you to stop nagging your man. Now, <laughs> Let me just say that I am guilty, like so many of my sisters who feel like if they nag enough, it will cause transformation. If they nag enough, it will cause a urgency or an urgency or a quicker result, let's say. Raise your hand if you're guilty. Yes, I am. Now, one of the things that I do know about us ladies is that we feel like we have a better way of doing things, right? I think innately we think that because we are such great multitaskers, we have some amazing intuition and we just get things done, right? Well, some of our the men in our lives, while they have their own way of doing things and they have their own ideas and perceptions about things, they do things sometimes very differently than we do. And we don't always see eye to eye. We don't always agree. And the urgency or lack thereof is usually not always on the same page. So with that being said, I am guilty and I know so many of my wonderful sisters are guilty in nagging and pushing and nagging (laughs) maybe a little too often to the point where our men either dig their heels in and hate when we tell them what to do or some men are really good at responding quickly and doing what we like to do or doing what we ask them to do very quickly. But I want to really address the the women who may have a man in their life that when you ask him to take out the trash, he doesn't run to go take out the trash like we would hope him to do. He may wait to do it um, on his way to bed after several hours when you've cleaned the kitchen and you sometimes get so frustrated where you do it yourself. 
those are the ladies I want to talk to today. And even if you're not like that all the time, maybe you've done it only a couple of times, maybe a handful of times. And I'm almost certain that if you're married, you've done it at least a handful of times. Because what I think is so interesting is it we have they men in our lives, they respond with such alacrity and such urgency when we're dating them. But when we get married, it's like, oh, babe, I'll get to it. And two weeks later, the painting still isn't hung on the wall, or still the the toilet isn't fixed or whatever it is. It's like, what happened to this urgency? Right? So I want to talk to you a little bit today about five lessons that I've learned that really have helped me or at least made me more aware in my nagging (laughs) or me asking over and over and over and not giving a whole bunch of room for my wonderful husband to respond. Because I really was hoping that my nagging would cause some type of transformation. So I'd only have to do the nagging one time, not for 18 years. So Let's get right into it and talk about number one. The first lesson I've learned is that when I remember or really just meditate or think on the things that I love about my husband, what it does is it really shifts my focus, shifts my energy away from the things that I'm nagging about, the things that may be getting on my nerves, (laughs) right? So think about those things that you were initially, that initially attracted you to your spouse, to your man, ponder over each one. Do you do you still experience them? Why? Why not? Is have your expectations changed? What can you do to incorporate these things that you love so much about your spouse or your man back into your daily interaction with them? And when you remember what it is, do it and do it daily. Do it as many times as you can. Pick one or two things on the list. If you've created um, a laundry list of things that you love about your man and think through what those things are that just gave you butterflies. Think through those things. And I I just remember when I would get frustrated because Adrian would take out the trash, but never put a bag back in the trash can. I'd even put really fresh bags at the bottom of the trash can, hoping that this would be a reminder to put the trash can, the the liner back in the trash can after you take them out. Now, this did not always work. And so I eventually would get to a place where I would say, hey, can you put a trash bag? Oh, yeah, I will. I will. I will. And then he's in the bed and there's still no trash. There's no liner in the trash can. So. Eventually, I got to a point where I was like, huh, okay, is it really that big a deal? It was a huge deal the first mm, six, seven years of my marriage. But then I got to the point where, you know what, is it that big of a deal where I just get the bag and shake it out and put, put it in the trash can, right? So one of the theme, themes that you're going to see and hear about the most important lessons are really everything is not worth the fight. Everything is not worth the disagreement or the distance that it's going to cause because of the nagging. Okay. Um, Number two 
I realized is that it's so easy for us to point the finger. It's so easy to find flaws in our man, especially around things that are pet peeves or things that are that really frustrate us, get on our nerves, right? So one of the lessons that I've learned is that I need to come off of my high horse. I need to come down, look in the mirror. You know, <laughs> my mom always said that the things that frustrated us the most are oftentimes the things in us that we don't necessarily like. And so I've started to practice things that things that might get on my nerves or things that bother me about A and what he does or what he doesn't do. I'll kind of look at myself in the mirror and do an assessment. So you want to do a self-assessment in those things that you may not like about your man. Does he procrastinate? Does he... Um, wait till the last minute to get things done. Is he always late? Is he, um, is there an integrity issue where he says he's going to do something, but really doesn't do it? You know, because those are easy things to point out in someone else, but you better have your game on point, like, right? Be a hundred percent. If you're pointing the finger at, at him or her, right? Doesn't matter if it's a man who feels like, their, their, their girl, their wife is getting on their nerves and they're doing things that are frustrating to them. Okay, I want you to look at yourself in the mirror. So that very thing that you're pointing at in your significant other, remember there are three fingers pointing back at you. If you have one finger pointing at them, there are three fingers pointing back at you. And so it, it's just another opportunity to really look at your your own stuff, right? To see, hmm, I've got a lot of nerve (laughs) judging, criticizing, um, or just having an opinion about my significant other when my stuff is raggedy, right? So take inventory with what's your what's going on in your own mirror. That is a huge aha moment for me because I procrastinate sometimes too. I may be late sometimes too. And while it may not, while it may not be as frequent or it may not be as often, bottom line is that it is, it it has happened. So there's got to be a level of grace there. Number three, complaining causes commotion. Your way isn't always the right way. And it's not the only way. This is a big one, especially for those of you who are moms. You know, I remember having three kids when they were little and I wanted them to have a certain experience, right? Let's just talk about eating. And so I wanted them to eat healthy. I know when my, with my first child, Sky, I would, was making her baby food and I wanted, I mean, none of my kids, no, they cannot have pacifiers because if they have pacifiers, that is going to, um, it's going to mess up their teeth and they'll be two, three, four years old walking around with pacifiers. so, So I had this, such a strange perception of how I wanted things to happen. 
And so but I would be stressing myself out unnecessarily when they're crying and I couldn't put them to sleep and I'm nursing them. And Adrian's like, well, why don't you give them a pacifier? Like, duh. And I'm like, no, no, no. I can't give them a pacifier. No, no. Right. And so there, <laughs> there would be times when I might need a mommy break. And so I may go to the gym without them or go spend some time with a girlfriend and he'd be home with the baby and I'd come home and I'm like, how'd it go? How'd it go? And he was like, well, it was great. There was nothing, you know, no problems. And I was like, well, what did you do? How did you get them to go to sleep? Well, I just gave her a pacifier. (gasps) Right? She was fine. No big deal. It didn't mess up her teeth. She wasn't five years old walking around with a pacifier. And so it was a really great aha moment for me to realize that, "Mm, yeah, my way is not the only way. I was a little maybe obnoxious with how much of a stickler I was as a new mom. No, you can't do that. No, you can't watch, watch this. You can't do that. No, you can't change her diaper like this. You've got it. What annoy, how annoying was I, right? As a nagging new mom and a wife to my gracious husband. So, you know, it's just so funny that we do those things. We have this way that we think is the right way and the only way. And what it does is it really Um, just pushes our husband away from one helping, but two, and two wanting to help, but two just developing a relationship and really learning dad skills that he needs from when they're even newborns. A lot of dads are really afraid to, to handle really tiny babies and, but it gives them an opportunity to know, well, not only build confidence, but to build their skills to know that, you know, the baby's not going to break and your way is great too. And that is really the point of my podcast today is that their, their way can be great too. It doesn't just have to be our way. It doesn't just have to do, it doesn't just have to look one way, right? And so um, number four is, what is the real issue? Huh, this is a big one because I remember very early on in my marriage being very disappointed in my husband's leadership style for our family. I had this huge expectation for him to have a laid out vision for our family, a financial plan, an educational plan, a spiritual plan, an emotional connection plan, a physical intimacy plan, right? So needless to say, when my expectations were violated um, and they were things happened that were the complete opposite to what I really desired. I faced a lot of disappointment and discouragement. And so I want to just encourage you to get real with yourself. What is the real issue that you're nagging about? What is it really, what's really going on? And are you hurting? Are you frustrated with you? Like, have you not been intimate in a while? And so you're frustrated because you haven't connected emotionally? Does he spending more time or a lot of time at work or with friends or doing some of the things that he likes and you feel you feel lonely or neglected or not a priority? Like what's the real issue? So I want to encourage you to spend time being still, looking at yourself in the mirror and asking yourself, what is really bothering me most right now in my life? What is going on in me? What is coming up for me? that is making me angry or that is making me sad or making me want to shut down or withdraw or um, 
tune out or check out. What are those things, you know, that are coming up for you? It may have nothing to do with your significant other at all. Nine times out of 10, it doesn't. It has to do with the fact that your boss embarrassed you in the meeting earlier this week and you didn't say anything to him and you're mad at yourself for not standing up for yourself. So you're taking it out on your husband and you're looking for other things to blame him for. And right. And the list goes on and on and on. And so last one, number five is God created your spouse for a reason and with a great purpose. And while we have purposes for our husbands or our significant others, our man, we have a reason we want him to do certain things or we need him to act a certain way. God is his creator. God created him for a his reason. He created him for his purpose. And so one of the things that I've learned to do over the last 18 years is to ask God to help me to see the beauty, his beauty, the his beauty in my spouse, the reason why he created my my spouse to not put a liner back in the trash can. Like what? Please show please show me ways that you love him, ways that you adore him and appreciate him without wanting to change him. And unfortunately, I think we as women, we this is just one of those things that we oftentimes innately do. And it's interesting because I remember when I first was probably in high school, um, maybe middle high school, I remember my dad telling me something that I was, I will never forget. He said, well, in relationships, women always want the man to change or they want to do things to, to change the man. And the man never wants the woman to change. He never, who he, who they are in that moment is who they want the woman to be for the rest of their lives, right? So how unrealistic are both of those crazy ideas or perceptions or um, expectations? They're crazy because it's unrealistic for a man to think that a man's, that a woman's not going to change, that the woman that you marry at 20 is going to be the same woman that you are married to at 40. It just doesn't happen. Life evolves, things change. She's going to, her body's going to change. Her hair's going to change. Her shape is going to change. Her, everything's going to change. Her, her, what she likes is going to change. What she doesn't like is going to change. And it's just as unrealistic and unfair for us as women to think, "Mm, so now that you've shown me who you are, I really want to change this about you. I want to change this about you and this, 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 and this, but that's it. That's it. Only seven things. And then everything else is okay. Right? How funny is that? But it's funny and we laugh about it, but it's real because we've all done it in one way, shape or form where there's something about our spouse. He says something or he does something that we just don't like. And well, you're going to need to change this buddy, because this is not going to work for me or you're going to have to change this because I don't like this. And we don't really give them the room and the capacity to be who God wanted them to be, who God created them to be. And it's a really great aha moment or really just a great awareness. And what happens is when you ask God to help you see your man the way he sees him, 
what's going to happen is God opens up your eyes to help you become less judgmental, more accepting, more loving, more appreciative. And when you start focusing on the beautiful things and the things that are are not annoying or not irritating, you will naturally, the nagging really diminishes tremendously. You will start to release your expectations and start seeing your spouse transform right before your eyes because you're starting to allow him and give him the room to be who God created him to be. It's a challenge for many of us. Don't get me wrong. I still, I'm I'm still guilty of doing that on times because I'm like, "Mm, I don't like when you do that, or I don't like when he does this, or I don't like when he makes decisions for himself, right? And he didn't consider me or he didn't take me and what I wanted and what I said and what I needed into consideration before making that decision. Hmm. Okay, Christy, have you looked in the mirror? Yes. Okay. Do you, every decision do you make, do do you take him in consideration? Do you take him into um, what he says and what he wants and what he needs and what he desires before you make a decision? Oh, Uh, no, not all the time. Sometimes, but not all the time, right? So easy to point the finger. It's so easy to Again, when you point a finger at one person, someone else, something else, you've got three pointing back at you. So it's just a reminder to look at yourself in the mirror, to do a self check, to really get clear on "Mm, what is really going on? Why am I annoyed? Why am I hurt? Right? So remember what attracted you initially to your spouse and significant other. What is it that you love about him? What made you say yes? What made you say I do? Really think on those things. And so the things that the little quirky things that you may not like, don't become so big. Then, of course, look in the mirror, come off your high horse and really take inventory on or do you do what you're asking him to do? Are you consistent with what you're asking him to be consistent with? Mm, right? The other one is complaining, right? One of the things that is so hard is <sighs> complaining is a spirit. Complaining is something that is so irritating and, and annoying to everybody, right? You don't want to be around somebody who complains all the time. It's very irritating. And you're like, I do not want to be around this person. So can you imagine if you're complaining all the time to your spouse, significant other, your man, you're complaining about this, you're complaining about that, you're complaining about the way he does things, you're complaining about the way he doesn't do things. How much time do you think he wants to spend with you? Zero, because you're always complaining. And I've known several people who just have just complaining all the time about everything about their life and how horrible it is. And they're, you know, it's nothing positive. And it's just, you just want to get away from them as quickly as possible. And so make sure that you really watch the complaining, become, become aware of complaining and how much you're complaining. Number four, what's the real issue? right? What, let's dig deep. Let's peel back some layers. What's really going on? Well, I'm mad. I'm mad at you because of what you said to me two weeks ago. And I've hold on, I've held on to it. I've thought about it every morning, every night before going to bed. That's why you, we haven't been intimate because you're still mad. You're still holding on. You haven't forgiven. And that's the real issue. 
It's not the fact that he, it took him an extra few hours to fold the clothes that you asked him to do. It's not because he was late picking up your, your child. That has nothing to do with it. It has to do with the fact that you're mad at him from two weeks ago. You haven't forgiven him and you haven't moved on. You haven't let go. Okay. And last one, remember that God created your spouse for a reason and with a great purpose and ask God to help you see the reason to help you see the way he loves your spouse or your man, your significant other, because it makes a huge difference. It really does. And it helps you to just shift your focus from the not so great things or the frustrating, irritating pet peeves to the things that you love and the things that you appreciate and really just giving God room to show up in him and you appreciate those things. It's really awesome to to know that, mm, wow, I never used to like this, but now I really appreciate it because it's a part of who God made him and who God created him to be. And so guys, those are the five lessons that I have that I've learned over the years um, that has helped me to stop nagging so much (laughs) to try to really force transformation or to push promotion or push um, him to become different. And honestly, the root of all of that is most likely control issues, right? I'm trying to control everything, control him, control the situation, control the babies, control everything. And that really is the root most likely for most people is they just like being in control. And I already know that this is an area that I'm still working in and I'm growing in and I'm getting better every day, but it's just, you know, we can't control everything. It's not our job to control everything. It will stress you out all day, every day if you try to control everything. But when you allow God to be God and let him stay in his lane, you allow your husband to be your husband, to stay in his lane or your man to stay in his lane and you focus on staying in your lane, then you can spend more time and energy flowing in your gifts, flowing in your lane to become the best you that you can be. And you're not worried about them becoming the best them and that person becoming the, ba- that, the best that person, right? Because you're so busy focused on you. We've got enough stuff to work on with our own selves that will keep us busy for a lifetime as opposed to worrying about and nagging everybody else in our family about what they need to do to become the best version of them. And I've, it took me many years to get to that point definitely a lot of maturity and wisdom and um, a lot of bumps and bruises along the way because I've offended people because I thought I knew better and I would tell them what I thought about themselves. And they were like, I'm sorry, who are you? And sometimes people would take it because of the level of influence that I had in their lives. And it was, it was hurtful and it was painful and it was judgmental and it was nagging and it wasn't good. It wasn't healthy. And, you know, even in God's word, he says a, a nagging wife is like a dripping faucet. I want you to think about that. A nagging wife is like a dripping faucet. A dripping faucet is annoying. It just, you, it won't turn off, right? We don't want to be dripping faucets. We don't want to be a drippy faucet. We want to be someone that our husband feels safe around, that they want to come home to, that they love spending time with us and being around us. We don't want to be a drippy faucet complaining all the time and judging and making them feel less than. We don't want that. 
And so thank you so much for joining as always each and every week. That's really all I had for you. I wanted to hop on and and just share some of these lessons because I've noticed we're going through some transitions in my life and I've been noticing that I've been doing a little bit more nagging than normal, maybe a little bit more complaining about him and what he's not doing a little more than normal because we're going through some major transition. And so I was like, let me encourage my sisters. Let me encourage them for um, in that area, in that space, because it's not necessary. It's not cute. It's a little, it's one of, potentially can be one of our flaws. Um, And I just wanted to encourage you to look at yourself in the mirror, embrace it, acknowledge it, move through it, get better in it, and do you. Stay in your lane, do you, and thrive. I love you. Thanks again for hopping on, and I look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. I really, really appreciate it. If you are not following us on Instagram at Wife Wisdom, I invite you to join our tribe over on social media on Instagram. If you have not rated our podcast on iTunes, please do so to rate and review us. That would be awesome in helping other women find our podcast. But most importantly, I just thank you so much for continuing to be consistent and listening to our podcast each and every week, sharing this with your sister circle and continuing to just share and and send me love and encouragement and support that this is blessing you, that it's encouraging you, that you truly are benefiting and feel like you're being served through this podcast. So thank you so much for being here. I love you so much with all my heart and I look forward to connecting with you next week. Bye-bye. The Wife Wisdom Podcast with Christy Little-Jones was created to help you cultivate the heart of a wife by giving you practical tools, tips, and techniques to live happily ever after. Well, at least most of the time. (laughs) So until next week, keep learning, keep listening, and keep love first. Bye-bye.